Richards Bowie versus Tillian. Is this year when I'm glowy? Am I killing? I hope it's not a blowy or a villain. Hello and welcome to Bowie versus Dylan. I'm Charlie and I like Bowie. I'm Jake and I love Dylan and we are back, baby. Woohoo! Me and Chaz talking about. We missed you. Uh, yeah, we did. We actually did. We were talking about how much fun it was to uh, re-dip our feet back in those gloriously large wells of both Bob Dylan and David Bowie, respectively. Mm. And uh, you know, this is, we're looking at the year 2020, which um, just concluded uh, a couple weeks ago. I remember it. Yeah, I remember, I remember it too. I'm trying to forget, but then the beginning no, of 2021, the beginning of 2021 didn't like you know we weren't all singing Kumbaya together apparently. No, though um, notably, Jake, we were we were recording this on January 9th. Right. Yesterday was David, was David Bowie's birthday. Oh, right, yep. Oh, happy birthday. birthday. And a celebration they released some ridiculous blah blah blah, but. <laughs> It's on streaming this time too, which is which is good. But one of those things was an official, previously unreleased cover mm-hmm. of a Bob Dylan song. That's so, right. That's right. A very a very poignant choice, of course. Uh, trying to get to heaven before they close yeah. the door. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that. How old? I, I know you said how how old would he have been this year? Seventy four. Seventy four. Mm-hmm. So we recorded okay. that little nugget back in uh, like ninety seven, ninety eight. It was like right after it was released by Dylan. It was like within a year of Dylan. Yeah, that was like that was the hottest songwriting uh, thing that Dylan had going uh, yeah. with with his first big comeback with Time Out of Mind. Was that song? It was like a number yeah. one hit for Garth Brooks or Shania Twain or somebody. Mm. Everyone was like, "Hey, mm. let's get on that horse and ride it." Trying well, to get the but we got on that horse, but he never released it. Uh, <laughs> hell now. Also, John. Also, John Lennon cover right for at the same time. Which hey, John, Jake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before wah, we get wah, any wah, further wah. into Bowie, we're still in. Let's do a little shameless plugging. Oh, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, all right. What do you hey, feel like? What do you show. feel like shamelessly plugging right now, Jake? Uh, well, there's like there, there's only one thing that I can think of. Uh-huh. Just, and, one. And, just one. Yeah, just one. Just one. It's just right off the top of the old dome here. Uh, we have another podcast. Um, a uh-huh. a different podcast. That podcast uh-huh. is called Louder Than Sound, Woo. and it has its own feed. So we're gonna, it you does. know, we, we'd like to advertise it here on Bowie versus Dylan, but we'd love you to go to the other feed on Podbean or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher cool. you know, or Deezer the, or Dozer. Well, I don't know if they're on all, but mm-hmm. all the big ones, all the big ones, you okay. know, yeah, all the big. You know, go to the big boys, you know, and uh, uh, you su- know, support we... support your big businesses. Right, right. So Boy vs. Dylan was all about going deep. Mm. It wasn't very broad, but it was super <laughs> deep. Mm. So deep. But louder than sounds, I was going broad. Oh. Really broad. Wow. Only a little bit deep. Yeah. Like, it's not shallow. I won't call it shallow. No, that's, not, that's, shallow. No, that's a bad, bad, bad nope. word for advertising. Nope. But uh, we, rather than just focusing on two artists for 64, now working on 65 episodes, uh, we focused on one, one episode on a certain album with a different artist mm-hmm. and so far I'm, i've got the list like pulled up here of who we've done so far okay i'm just gonna rattle them off because there's, there's it's a predator it's a cornucopia a musical cornucopia jake i would call it it's your a show. Horn of plenty let's do it <laughs> uh so so far we've done it tom waits soul coughing 
Elsa Suarez, Bruce Springsteen, mm-hmm. Emmy Lou Harris, with a guest star, our mother, <laughs> Muddy Waters, Cluster, Benoit Charest, Bjork, uh, Phil Spector and Friends, yeah, Stephen all of them, Stevens, Cahil Elzebar, yep. Arthur Russell just went live yesterday. Boom. Coming up soon is Amy Mann, Bridget Bardot, and Serge Gainsbourg. Yeah. Frank Sinatra, Washington Phillips. Wow. Uh, I forget which one you're doing after that. I'm doing uh, Roy Acuff. Roy Acuff, Laurie Anderson, and who knows what else after that. It's just, <laughs> you know, wow. What a, what a group. You know, I don't think I'm those... wiping the sweat from my brow just I don't, thinking about I don't it. think outside of a, a cool record store, those those musicians are often grouped in the same in the same bucket. But we at Louder Than Sound, we group them in the same bucket. <laughs> we do that hey. for you. And with that, let's be done shamelessly plugging Louder Than Sound. Louder Than until, Sound. Until the end of the show, we bring it up again. Louder and Than like Sound. And throughout when maybe we just say Louder Than Sound for no reason. Louder Than Sound, Louder Than Sound, Louder Than Sound? Louder Than but Sound. But hey! Hmm. Uh, let's talk about 2020. What do you let's say? Let's do it. Well, I think I think you're up to bat there uh, yeah, to extend a baseball metaphor that we didn't start, and you're going to hit it but out of the. We started it now. It's been started now. You're going <laughs> to hit it out of the park, you know, and it'll be a home run. Home run. Home run. Home run. There's so Real many home run. So many at bats this year of 2020. <laughs> Your so, on base Jake. percentage will be very high. I can tell. <laughs> let's hope so. <laughs> As you know, Jake. 2020 was a crazy year for yeah. the Bowie release trade. It, really it was outrageous. Was. It was... Some might say uh, obscene or grotesque. I called it a bonanza. Mm-hmm. Too much. It's a f- the first year, Jake, in which there was a release of some kind every single mm. month of the year. Mm-mm-mm. Every month is too much, even for a guy like me. We'll get more into that as we go. Um, with that in mind, Jake, I've actually I've got this, uh, this bit that's going to go along here. Where uh, I'm, I'm going to go month by month. We're going to talk about what happened each month in the mm. Bowie, the Bowie, the Bowie's 2020, and I'm going to imagine that it's uh, an official Bowie calendar published by this prestigious BBD Press. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you what uh, picture would be on the calendar for each month wow. based on his. Wow. This is a, this is very this is amazing. So this is going to go longer uh-huh. than it should, even though it's going to be too long. It's going to go a full start. calendar year. Wow. An entire <laughs> year. We're going to be talking We're for be 12 We're months. We're going to talk for a full year. Yep. That's well, how long it takes to cover all of uh, all the stuff oh, that we released. Man. Well, we'll see you in 2022, folks, for the yeah. ending of this And then we can get episode. started on the next episode. I'm, sure, I'm sure there'll be 13 more releases. Or well, more. there are there are already, there's already been one official release. This is January 9th again. Already one came out yesterday. Ugh. And there are three more on the calendar and four more that have been, like, confirmed but haven't gotten release dates yet. So oh. we're... We're flying already. I'm disgusted. See you never for hey, that conversation. Before we get into that, Jake, it yeah. is a newish year, so we, I gotta give you a segment of Bowie's Fat Stats. Bowie's Fat Stats. Fat Stats. Stats. <laughs> See, this, if we ever get a third person involved in this, we need a guy who just, like, presses the buttons to make all the weird noises yeah, like and the, stuff. Like, and the, like, like the woo 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 and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fat Stats. <laughs> And all the cool boring shows, yeah. So yeah. there were officially thirty-one Bowie releases in twenty twenty. Shut up! Just that's shut your, form. That's, shut your uh, filthy mouth. <laughs> that's that's uh, physical releases, mm. and that counts uh, different. I'm like I'm counting different physical formats. So if it's vinyl and CD, I'm counting both of them. So there's like sure. that's hanging things up. I'm also counting streaming if it is not released at the same time. So okay. we had multiple times where streaming came out like months before the physical product. So they could count it extra. Yeah. 
Anyway, they, it was uh, the meat of it is four brand new live albums, never previously released, Ooh. except for a couple of scattering tracks, a BBC session, an EP mm-hmm. of mostly unreleased stuff, mm-hmm. and a full classic, full album remix. That's a lot of stuff right there. Came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. A total of 123 tracks released from Bowie. Okay. 53 of them previously released and easy to find. Okay. 22 previously released, but rare, hard to find. Oh. Four previously unreleased studio tracks. Yep. Nine previously released, previously unreleased BBC studio tracks. It's a little bit different. You know, like you go into the studio and do like the BBC. It's not the same as like going into the studio. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. It's, yeah, a, okay. it's the BBC. It's not the studio. Yeah. You know? Well, but it's not like live at BBC either. You know, sometimes oh. they have, you know, you know what I'm saying? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> sometimes BBC has them like come in and they like are in a studio and they record okay. stuff. But it's not like recording an album studio type stuff. It's it's different. Is it like playing three or four songs like Bowie? Well, this is a nine. This is a nine tracker anyway. Okay. Sixty-one previously unreleased live tracks. Mm. You would be spending a sweet five hundred fifty-six dollars and eighty-five cents. I got that. That's not as bad as I no, would have thought. No, not not based and on like is, the precedent last a lot, year. A lot of unreleased stuff came our way this year for real. And the precedent last year was like lavishness with like one oh, song yeah. on it. For no reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you bought every new track at the cheapest physical format, it would only cost you 122 86 which actually is not too bad. I know. That's I got, actually not, that's not shabby. I got that uh, in my couch cushions. So I'll go get it. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. Um, there's also was a, I'm only talking about this a little bit, but there was a $100 Iggy Pop box set provocatively mm. titled The Bowie Years. Right. Uh, which had another 35 easy to find tracks and 40 sort of unreleased live tracks. There are a heck of a lot of great market releases for for uh, Iggy Pop. Yeah. So they claimed all this stuff got its first official release, but I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right, so here we go with the... Uh, I'm going into the months here. We're going to start with January. Again, we're going to do an imaginary Bowie calendar. Yeah. New DVD press. And that's assuming that we don't get a cease and desisted like we did with our... Our sweet boy for still in oh, t-shirt. Oh, we sure will. We the sure will. <laughs> they heard us talking about it right now. Well, as far as I can tell, I think we're actually like, I think we can actually use Bowie stuff. Like, hey, there's a precedent based on Marilyn Monroe about dying in New York. So you're, uh, so what you're, you're, you're leading everyone to believe that you're actually going to do this calendar. Is yeah, why not? <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey. Whatever. Happy New Year, everyone. Why, why not release a year for a calendar for last year with imaginary images of Dan Bowie? This it'll, all makes sense. It'll sell like hotcakes, baby. All right, January. Here we go. Boom. Uh, I kick things off with a uh, by releasing uh, doing a little streaming adventure of an EP called "Is It Any Wonder." Um, so they released rare and unreleased tracks. What's that? I just said, "Is it any wonder?" Yeah, nice one. That's Thank where you. that's where it's come from. That's I where, know. Yeah, yeah. That's why I he completely it. reworked reworked fame into a new song called Fun. Fun fame. Uh, but it was involved releasing a rare unreleased track from the ninety six ninety to ninety eight period, one track per week on streaming, and then they mopped it up later with a physical release later on, which we'll talk about later on. Uh, so there's some interesting stuff. Like some of these tracks were completely unknown. Like there was a nineteen ninety seven where he did a new version of Stay from uh, Station to Station which is kind of like, I'd never even heard that such a thing existed. So that was kind of cool. Okay. And it was kind of fun to like have a, just a new song streaming once a week. Like, I like that. Yeah. I'd be cool with that. They That's could do that again and then, and, then, and then finish it up with a release. 
Like I, it seemed like that was kind of a, a business plan was to release it on streaming first and then do a physical format later. And basically so they can double up their money, you know, but well, I was cool with course. that. I'm, I'm aware of that. You can if that's get, what it takes to make a little more money, I'm cool with that. You can give it to me stripping. I'll you, still buy it physical later on. Yeah. You, you can, know? you can cool. gauge interest that way a little bit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, I'm good with that. Gauge some interest. So, uh, January's calendar image would be, uh, Bowie messing around in the studio with dyed spiked up hair and a soul patch. Beautiful. That's what he looked like in 1997. Well, you don't need to go any further. Put that one on all the months. Well, it makes it into a lot, but we'll get it then. Hot damn. February! Right, is it any wonder continues? Because it was a six-week thing, and, you know, that expanded out of January. And there's only four weeks in a, a typical yeah, month, so I get is it. More, is more weeks than there are in January. Sure, sure. We also released the Alabama song 40th Anniversary Picture Disc. <laughs> Because this this was Jake the twenty fourth oh. in the fortieth anniversary picture disc disc series. Oh my gosh! It also Jake, make sure you're sitting down. I am. It was the last. No. Nobody knows why. No clue why. There's never any kind of announcement about why. Because the next single was Ashes to Ashes. Oh. Which is a pretty giant one. Um, no one has any clue as to why they just decided that Alabama song right. is, you know, <laughs> cover of the uh, Bertolt Brecht and Kurt Vile song, made probably more famous by the Doors. Yes, for no sure. No one has any clue why that was the last one in a 24, several year, 24 item series. I'll tell you why. Because they, uh, because they started taking a bath on it. Yeah, but when did they take, I mean... I don't know. Yeah. Because no, also, started like, if, if this was coming, you know, wouldn't you at least get through the Lodger singles, right? And nobody cares about the Lodger singles either. I anyway. care about them very much. The calendar image for February Jig, it'd be a spiked up Bowie looking at a picture <laughs> of himself from his 1978 tour. Mm. <laughs> well, provocative. Provocative, yeah. March! I start clapping after I say every month. Okay. So we got a physical release of Is It Any Wonder with a slightly different track list from the streaming version. They took off, threw off one song that's coming out later on something else and put on a different one. It was great. Um, came out on both CD and vinyl. It is exclusive to the Bowie store, which I'd like it to be known right now is the worst store I've ever purchased anything from. Awesome. Maybe not the awesome. worst ever. <laughs> I ordered ever. a couple of things. Well, okay, no, because I remember I did an order for a book one time, and they never shipped. They took my money and never shipped it, and never said anything. Well, and, that's pretty bad. And then, yeah, it's never did anything else that way. ever. Uh, I put it on Better Business Bureau, and it didn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> it never they're dies. The worst, they're one of the worst stores in the world. Great. The CD. Keep in mind, this was a six-track EP. Mm. I got the CD. It was uh, fourteen ninety-eight. Yeah. Plus plus tax, and it was over seven dollars for shipping. Oh, and no. it arrived two weeks after release day, even oh, though they're the no. only store selling it. Oh, no. So, and that's pretty par for the course with the Bowie store. I wonder why. That's They're just strange. awful. I don't know. Like, And they're <laughs> doing a, there's a lot of limited releases that are only through the Bowie store now. Yeah. And uh, they're all way too expensive and don't arrive for forever. And everyone hates them, but, you know, it's the only one selling the stuff. So if you want it, you got to do it. It sounds like a great business model that is nonetheless working. It's working for well, you, supposedly. You know, so long as you're the only one selling it. Yeah. Know, yeah. yeah what are people going to do? You don't have to have quality service. You don't have to have enough people working there. It doesn't matter. You can charge whatever you want to if you're the only one selling it. Wow. Sick burn on the Bowie store. Yeah, Online it's now. awful. It's really bad. All right. 
Uh, they also released a digital single of the fun Delinja mix, which was released at some point and rare, and it's not very good, but that's okay. Yeah. It was, yeah, you got single. it. No, yeah, you, you got the digital, digital single. Yeah. Digital single, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appropriate. So the, uh, the image for March would be spiked up Bowie in the studio. <laughs> it's clearly the same photo shoot as, Janu- photo shoot as January. Yeah. It's a slightly different pose, and you're like, ooh, is this a different time in the studio? No, nah, he's wearing the same clothes as before. It's got to be the same time. So you're like, oh, all right, all right. Now, is, yeah. one of them, is one of them more, you know, like um, goofy or something than the other, or are they basically the same mood, just different poses? Yeah, I'm going to say basically the same mood. Okay, just, just like, no, no difference. You know, no difference. You just okay. know that like somewhere out there, there's just a line of like, you know, the 24 different shots in a row yeah. of him going like, you know, just just moving slightly well, around. Just here in like, the studio, guys. The studio and, like, yeah, hey, you know, yeah. April! <laughs> you're just, you're uh, blowing out the speakers with your incessant clapping. <laughs> I'll do a quiet, I'll do a golf clap. Thank you, time. thank you. Be like... How was that, Jake? How was you, that? You know what? Not loud enough now, but I don't want you to try again. Mid-range. Too, too loud. Too loud. Too loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a versatile clapper. Ridiculous. All right. So April was supposed to be record store day, but because of the awfulness that was, you know, 2020 and this stupid virus that's still going down. Yeah. Stronger than ever. Uh, record store day got de- delayed till June and then again split up into three parts. Yeah. I never, I just lost the plot on that altogether. Well, I ended up getting the Bowie stuff and, and a Brian Eno record and that was about it. Okay. Well, anyway, it was supposed, he was supposed to be releasing uh, something called Changes Now Bowie. Mm, which right. uh, was the BBC studio session from early 1997. It was nine, it's nine covers uh, or like nine of his own songs. I guess one Velvet Underground cover in there. Mostly early 70s stuff um, and mostly like acoustic-ish. It's pleasant. It's nice. So um, since it didn't come out physically then in April like it was supposed to, they released it on streaming the day of, what, or the day before what would have been a record store day instead. So... Release, baby. Okay. Um, so the picture for April would be a spiked-up Bowie looking really pensive and serious and thoughtful doing the MTV Unplugged session that never actually happened mm. with giant chords hanging out of his guitar. That's my favorite thing about Unplugged is how they were so clearly plugged always. Just plugged up. Well, just I mean, you know, like, it, it's just every every Unplugged. I understand the idea, but if you're going to pick the name Unplugged, why are they always still amplified? Well, that, I mean, that... You can get a better recording by direct lining the instruments into the... Well, clearly, Jake, but, you know... You know, but, you know, that that's that was the rub for Unplugged after, like, the first year of it or something. Like, everyone started just ripping up guitar solos with acoustic guitars that were nonetheless sounded electric, you know, after a while, uh-huh. so... Like, it's just, what's, what's the point? What's, you know... You because call it unplugged, because you know, they, were print, they were printing money and every artist wanted to do it, so... Well, Bowie never did one. I don't know if he wanted to or if he was asked or what. I don't know. But he never did one. But this is like, if he had done one, it would have been this right here. Gotcha. Gotcha. The unplugged but plugged Uh concert. All right. For May, I'm going to do a snap instead for this one. Okay. May. All right. There we go. Hey, that's better. That was good? Uh, Yeah, probably still too loud, but it's okay. Okay. Uh, May, they kicked off a, they promised three new streaming releases of live albums from the 90s. Oh, great. You get the feeling this was one of those, like, they didn't intend to do this right here. Okay. But then uh, the record labels needed to make money because they sure, sure. You know, no, no one's touring anymore and they're all freaking out and yeah. money's not growing on trees. Um, so they come up with different things to try to do it. And this was fine by me. Again, like some extra streaming stuff and then physical releases later on. I'm cool with it. 
So the first one was a wide, the first wide release for a live album from recorded in 97 and released in 99 um, called liveandwell.com. Which is a terrible name. <laughs> no, it's the best. Or just it's, admit it's it. It's a really bad name. It's for the life. best. Also, Jake, they did not even bother to put anything at liveandwell.com, the actual website. They didn't? There's, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. It doesn't even like redirect to the Bowie site. What a bunch of morons. I, I know. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Get it together. You guys. Ugh. Anyway, it was released in 1990. It was really rare because it was only available to, the, to Bowie's fan club at the time. Um,. I remember it was one of those that was, like, on my, you know, to-buy list and, uh, like, my wish list yeah. on Amazon. And it was, like, 20 bucks used until Bowie died and then immediately jumped up to, like, 100 or $200. So I right. never bought it. I know Coveted. I don't own it. At $20, it was like, yeah, I'll get to it eventually. I just haven't yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at 100 bucks. Nope, I'm not doing that. But it's getting an official uh, physical release next week, officially, which means Yay. I'll probably just have my copy within, like, three weeks because I ordered it from the Bowie store. Yay. <laughs> Um, so it's an okay release. It's it's decent, but not amazing. I actually listened to it earlier this earlier today. Uh, also in May was Iggy Pop, The Bowie Years. Oh, yeah. Features recordings from 76 to 78. Uh, features Iggy Pop's classic albums, uh, the, his first two solo albums, The Idiot and Lust for Life, both of which are amazing albums, which Bowie was all over. He uh, co-wrote, co-performed, produced, did all, like, all kinds of things. He did backing vocals. He... He was all over both of those albums in a huge way. And they're both great. Um, pretty much all the rest of the stuff on this is kind of crappy. It was okay. not a good box yeah, not, set. Not a good box set. It, it looked it intriguing has, uh, at first, even to me. Oh, yeah. I know. It sounds. It sounded like such a great yeah. thing. I was super excited yeah, about good it. Good theme, you know. Yeah. Good, oh, yeah. Real, uh, yeah. real nice. Clearly, I know they're just calling it the Bowie years to get the Bowie fans like me. You know, like I've had these Iggy Pop albums already. But the ones I had needed to remaster. There was remastered albums. like, And that was all worth it. Um, but just like there's a single edit, edits disc, which yeah. is completely worthless. disgusting. Yeah. There's no B sides or anything. There's no like interesting other recordings. There's no demos or anything yeah. on this. Nothing like that. But yikes. And then, uh, here there's his live album from 78 TVI, which isn't that great. And there's three more live shows that all take place within like six weeks of each other. Yeah. That have almost right. identical set lists. And it's the same band and Bowie's playing and he's played, uh, played piano on Iggy Pop's 1977 tour, which is really interesting. The first half of it. Um, but really, like, two of them are bootleg quality recordings. They're awful. One of them has got a, de a decent recording. Really, you didn't need the other two. Just the one with the decent recording would have been fine. Get them out of so here. So it, it could have been, like, a four-disc set and still would have been interesting. Yeah. So our picture for the May calendar is Spiked Up Bowie on stage. <laughs> but he's actually just, like, the picture of him is a vintage picture in the background of Iggy sitting in an office at a desk receiving a stack of money from some random suit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> June! Jake, I want you to... This is maybe the most exciting month of all. It really? Because I'm, I'm super excited so far. Like, I'm the just, thing we I'm pins and needles here. In the Bowie universe was another release of Space Oddity, the album. Oh, after, I, after I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping. Oh, man, I thought this year they better release the 16th, you know, version of that song for some anniversary. Golly. This, uh, it was a picture disc. It's a different <laughs> cover, but it is literally the third different vinyl release of the album in less than a year. Oh, my gosh. Why? Because, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. 
because Bowie's dead and they're doing whatever they want. Can I just say, can I just, I I won't spend too long on it, but I have a kind of unreasonable uh, distaste for the picture disc thing. Like not just mm-hmm. Bowie, but all of them. Like I had a chance. Oh, yeah. no, no, I, I was I was buying. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but like I just love the look of a black record, or you know, even if they make them colored or whatever or see through, that that's cool too. But like I had a chance to buy uh, Grateful Dead's Working Man Dead. I was doing that yeah. this year on vinyl, and I could have got the dumb picture disc for cheaper than just the straight black remastered vinyl, and I uh-huh. I, I paid a couple extra bucks. Like I don't I don't need that in my house. Okay. It's gross. I only have I have one picture disc that our other brother Mike found at Goodwill. Ah, um, and it's a bootleg. It's called it's it's you know, early eighties era Bowie, and it's called uh, oh, Let's man. Talk. Let's it's an interview talk. disc. Oh yeah, that's right. I know that oh, one. I'm so glad I own it. It's just, yeah, you know, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's worthless, but it's so it's so nice to just have in the it's collection. So you know, if if you're gonna be funny and you get it for free, then yeah. Oh have yeah. Have oh, yeah. And, you know, again, Mike got it for at Goodwill, and he was like, I can't pass this up he, for you know. He probably paid two dollars for it. You know, I'm glad he didn't pass it. I up. mean, he's like a straight up hoarder, but I do give him I do give him props for his Goodwill game. Like he oh yeah he, goes, he, find, he finds stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> But I like I I've heard this from other people who have some of these in their collection that they're the uh, the quality of the sound quality is usually pretty bad on them. Yeah, because it's it's, a stick, it's like a lacquer or something on the top. It's like something. Well, because it's yes, because you have to like be able to see through. Because it. it's actually it's two different you know any record is two different pieces of vinyl right connected to one another. So they just have clear ones and then they stick a picture in the middle. That's how this all this whole thing works. Um, but yeah, they got to do something with it to to make it you be able to see clearly into there. I don't know. Anyway, uh, the the calendar picture for June would just be a reused picture from the 2019 Bowie calendar. <laughs> oh, hey oh. In which the only thing they released the entire year was Space Oddity, as far as I can remember. Ooh, nice one, Chaz. It's getting spicy. You know, that's when the weather really heats up is June, and I think you I think you heated it up. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh. Hey, halfway done, Jake. July. Oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. <laughs> I can't, I can't uh, believe this. Exciting thing to beginning July for legitimately exciting. Was it? Maybe no, it wasn't. Released so far is a streaming release of a completely never before released live album called Ouvre le Chien. <laughs> it's a line from a song in uh, On Man Who Sold the World mm-hmm. that he later used to get in his tour in 1995. Um, so this is the tour where he's coming off of. Uh, or he's this, I think this was actually recorded before Outside was released. But this is the tour where he had Nine Inch Nails opening for him. Oh, that's awesome. I remember and, that. Uh, and so it was an interesting tour, too, because Nine Inch Nails would, would open it. But it was like it was done as one long, continuous show. Okay, cool. So Nine Inch Nails did their set. And then there was kind of like this middle set where Bowie showed up and did a few songs with them. And then like they transitioned out to their band, Gone, and Bowie there. But it was done as one long show. And then Bowie did the second set. Um, so the disappointment on this is they did not include any of those like middle songs. Oh, There's, too bad. Or three songs where they were playing together those are all out it just starts with bowie on his own i see i see really, it's a great show it was good I, that one i'm like really yeah he was hot then i i remember that was kind of a bowie comeback little period yeah. there yeah well outside's a great album it yeah, really he is. was cool he was cool again in the mid 90s for sure that's one of his that's one of his best uh post scary monsters albums so that one i'm glad i'm glad that happened that's a good one great uh also speaking of things that i'm glad about here's one that i'm not okay well no it's right <laughs> Tin Machine 2 reissue, baby. Oi, vade, baby. <laughs> well, hold on. Probably expecting that this next year. Oh. Uh, so the one thing, the worth, the worthwhile thing about this is Tin Machine 2 has been out of print for 25 years. Oh, legitimately. no. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's not a great album, but it's legitimately been out of print yeah, for two pretty, years. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and there's some weird rights issues with the band. Who knows what's going on? And actually, I don't know how this got pulled, this got managed in the first place. And apparently nobody else did either. Even the band didn't know this was being re-released. There was a tweet from Reeves Gabriels. Oh, Lord. Who was Bowie Hack, and it was in Tim Machine. He was like, I did not know this was happening after it was announced. Oh, no. I'm looking into this trying to figure it out. Because there was supposed to be a Tim Machine box set probably last year. And, of course. Uh, something went wrong with it. And rumors are it's rights issues, but nobody knows for sure. Rumors are anyway, all those out. albums sucked. So This thing just... wasn't even, well, they do, but... <laughs> This wasn't even remastered or anything. It was just, it just came out again. Reissue, but yeah. So for the fact that it's been 25 years, fine, fine. I didn't buy it. I already own it. Whatever. Uh, also, the Absolute Beginners soundtrack was reissued for no good reason. Okay. And Bowie's got multiple songs on that. Yeah. So the picture for July is a spiked up Bowie <laughs> on stage wearing black leather while Reeves Gabriels <laughs> plays in the background while wearing an F.U. Ivington machine shirt <laughs> and standing on a copy of Absolute Beginners. Okay. Yep. August. <laughs> we got the uh, the third of these streaming live albums from the 90s. The first was LiveAndWell.com. Second was Ouvre Le Chien, which is great. Mm-hmm. Third was Something in the Air. Oh, Something in the Air. Uh, it's a previous unreleased album from 1999. He's touring off of his bland, awful Hours album. Yep. And the albums, the live album is pretty bland and not awful, but just bland. Just so like, mm-hmm. it's also the, it's also the fourth official live album uh, from the '99 to 2000 period. It's, it was within a year. There's a VH1 Storytellers. There's this one. There's two from mid 2000. I don't know why there are so many because there's gonna be another one coming out in a little bit here, like March or April. I don't know why 99 to 2000 is just the time to release just, more Labyrinth from Bowie. I don't know. It seems like an existential crisis at this point. I'm not really sure, uh, what, to, I'm not really sure well, what to tell you. I'm every step, every, every release gets me one step closer to just saying, I don't care anymore. I'm not going to stop buying. Wow. We'll have crowd. to have a podcast when, when that happens for you. I, I think it's going to happen next year. You think right? so? Honestly, if it continues this way? I just, I just barely, yeah. we get up to December, October, November. I just barely jumped on that that last bandwagon. Sounds exhausting. Just barely. Sounds it, exhausting. I am. I am so I'm totally exhausted. I am. And uh, and this is like, you know, a performance art piece, this show. I'm hoping the audience is exhausted by the end, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think we're all a little exhausted by this. Maybe. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a that's a guarantee. That's a hundred percent. We try to spice it up, you know, with some comments, making things, you know. I'm the, Bowie, the Bowie story isn't like making jokes about it, you know, and making it interesting. They're just like, here, give us a gigantic stack of money for this like, for another live album from the same tour. Mm. Mm. Whereas Dylan would have been like, here, you guys, here's nine discs of the same tour. Right. Depending on and maybe way. and maybe you just listen to the first two and you listen to the other seven like once, but you get them all in one package. And you you know, and there's a like nice right. thick book with it, oh, and yeah. you're okay with it. Yeah, oh, yeah you feel good course. about it. Of and course. it only happens once a year or once every two years. You know, yeah. you feel okay with it. Yeah, I'm okay with it. All right, Let's Dance and Absolute Beginners also got colored vinyl reissues mm-hmm. at one store in the UK. Mmm, spicy. Coming up late in August was the actual record store, the first of the three record store drops. And yeah. Bowie's stuff came out in the first one, the August store one. So there was a physical release of Changes Now, Bowie. There also was, breaking with our you know late 90s theme to all of this, uh, there was a release of a 1974 live album called I'm Only Dancing. Never previous release, not a single bit of it. I don't think any of it was even leaked. Wow. 
Um, so this is the very tail end of the Diamond Dogs tour, but after he'd already recorded most of Young Americans. Okay. And so they kind of, I don't know if it's officially called this, but they called it the Philly Dogs tour. Um, so it's him in like super soul mode. And these are really the only live shows he did in this mode because he didn't tour off of Young Americans. Um, and then by the time he got to Station to Station, he toured off of that, but it was a different, it's a very different soul feel by that time. This is still him in full soul. So it's a really interesting album because it's just, you don't hear him. Like I've not heard anything of him recording like this. So that was well worth it. I'm that glad sounds, they really... That sounds actually interesting. I woke, yep. from, I woke yep. from a stupor for just a second yep. to listen to there that. There were a couple really, really juicy, nice releases. Juicy. Uber Lichia is a great one. Uh, I'm Only Dancing is a great one. None of this is... None of the new stuff is bad. It's all at least decent or okay, but anyway. Um, I also... My, my quick uh, Record Store Day story here Yeah, is, you know, I like it's, it's Record Store Day, so you got to, like tee up and everything you gotta line up if you want this junk and i get sick of this and i usually don't do it this thing is my second ever record store day where i actually went in and bought stuff yeah, usually i don't care i've only been to one but these are these are exclusive and they're new and they're exciting you know and i'm like okay i'm gonna do it so i think lined up with my favorite uh twin cities Irish shop uh, mill city sound which i've taken you to jake it was wonderful it. i did oh, i loved it great. a lot it's great i wish i was there they had, right they now had plans to do the whole thing in their back parking lot so it was all going to be safe from that sure. standpoint nice time of year pandemic. you know oh yeah, yeah august so everything's gonna be yeah. fine there my six-year-old was really excited to go with me so he oh, was no. gonna go with me yeah and uh, and then day or two before the uh record store day the owner of the shop got COVID. Oh, no. And so to keep everything safe, they closed down the whole store for oh. you know, over a week while they cleaned it. And so they couldn't do records today. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, no. What am I going to do? As I'm looking at the other shops, like, the Electric Fetus is a great store, but I knew that thing was going to be just jammed. Filled with just jammed. There's no way. I was, you know, and you would have had to get there by like 5 a.m., honestly. Too. Of course. I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, you know, I'll do. I'll go to Cheapo like later in the day. And if there's anything left, great. If there isn't, I'll be able to find them online somewhere, you know, because Mill City Sound was then going to sell. They're going to start selling their stuff at noon on their online store. Okay. So I I stumbled into Cheapo like an hour after they opened. There's like two other people in the store, literally, (laughs) on Record Store Day. And I just like wandered my way back to the Record Store Day section, got everything I wanted with no problem whatsoever. And wandered out. It was amazing. Wow! Thanks, Cheapo. Hey. I was there. I know. I was there for less than ten minutes. It was That's great. incredible. I can't even conceive of that. I got both my that. Bowie releases and an Eno vinyl, Brian Eno vinyl release too. I was feeling so good about it. It's like Christmas. Like Christmas. I know. It was August. awesome. I had time to like browse because there was nobody there. Yeah, without elbowing anyone or getting COVID yourself. Yeah. It was great. Wow. I had my, my three year old with for that one. The six year old by that time I decided he didn't want to go anymore. <laughs> the three year old came along. I bought him he found he found a Bjork C D that I actually don't have and thought that this cover looked cool and asked if I could get it. It was three dollars, so I got it for him. It was okay. great. That's okay. great. Yeah, great story. All right. So the uh, the image for August is a montage of confusingly disjointed photos that seem to have very little to do with each other, other than they feature Bowie in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Okay. September. Mm. Young America. Yeah. I, uh, how many words is this? Six words, Jake. Young Americans, 45th anniversary. No way. Gold LP. No way. <laughs> the image on this, this is like uh, fifth or sixth in this 45th anniversary colored vinyl. It's, come series. on, 45. Let's stop this. Let's stop. This stops now. Uh, it does not, because the next one's already been announced. It's coming out next year, two 45th, weeks from now. 45th? That's dumb. The 45th anniversary of Station to Station, Jake, is going to be honored 
soon. I think that they're. I think that they're doing this so they can sneak in a fortieth, a forty-fifth, and a fiftieth anniversary. I mean, obviously, well, they, kind of, they kind of ignored the anniversaries except for this one this year. <sighs> so the fortieth anniversary thing kind of let off. And anyway, the image for September is just a lazy reproduction of the cover of Young Americans with September written in gold letters. <laughs> And it costs $62. <laughs> and you're good. October! Ooh, I like uh, this. That was quick. Thanks. That was a short one. Good. So, I, I, at this point in the year, I didn't think there was going to be a Bowie box set this year, which I thought was like, I was really hoping for a follow-up to the Conversation Piece box set from 2019. Right. Nice one. But that was really awesome. It was a really good one. And if they did that for all of his classic years, I would buy them up like nobody's business and love doing it. Um... But they announced a box set, surprisingly, in October called Brilliant Live Adventures, which is mm. an awful name. Yeah. Really bad. Really bad. Six live albums from the 90s, from 95 through 99. Um, two each from each of those. They did a tour in 95, 96, one in 97, and one in 99. Two, uh, two live albums from each of those. Um, they're all being released completely independently from one another. So right. not together one box set. The box is sold separately. Yes. Oh, oh round baby. of applause. And what? I, felt, a... I really like. I really felt like they upped their game on that one. It wasn't enough that these are exclusively limited oh edition, exclusive to the Bowie store. So they're all really expensive and horrible. You're gonna get them. You know, you're gonna pay ten dollars more than you should for a single CD, and get it. Well, in this case, I got the first one two months after it was released. That's not. That's not an exaggeration. And pay separate for the box. That's really like the that's the cherry on the top. I feel like. Yeah, this this seems like. I don't know what that seems like. I'm, I don't I'm speechless. know. There's no one else. I don't have anything to compare it to. It, it seems like a stunt from like the early box set days. You know, maybe in the nineties like or if, something. If Spinal Tap were like, making, <laughs> yes. you know, yes. it sounds like this would be that's a Spinal, a spinal Tap. They should, I mean, they should do some kind of segment on oh. the, the, the inevitable, if, if Spinal Tap were still around. Like, that would be their box sets. If the box set years of Spinal oh, Tap, and this is what they would do. Spinal Tap is still around, baby. Let's get <laughs> them back together. We need them now anyway, more the first, uh, the first of the six live albums was Ouvre Le Chien. Got a physical release on vinyl and CD. Um, so there you go. So the, uh, the picture for October, so that one was released in late October. Like I said, I didn't get my copy until December. Pew! <laughs> but you got uh, the it. The same... But I hey. have it now. I do have it. It's great. But hey, it happens. Uh, the picture for October would be the same picture of live spiked up Bowie from July, but with Reeves Gabriel's photoshopped out of the background. He's just out. Bye, He's Reeves. Yeah. I mean, he was in that tour. He was actually, he was, he was playing those shows, but whatever. November! The Metropolist. Yes. Another stupid release. One so stupid that I didn't buy it. No. I didn't buy it, Jake. No. I didn't. And you I don't feel bet. bad about it in the slightest. Hey, I got a question for you. Did you buy yeah. the Did you buy the Metropolis? No, I didn't, did and you? I don't feel bad about it in the slightest. Wait, wait, second follow up question. Did you feel bad about it? No, didn't, not in the slightest. Okay, okay, but did you buy it? So the Metropolis is a full album remix of the Man Who Sold the World. Um, given its original, it was supposed to be called the Metropolis originally, and uh, the record label made him change it. Um, it was not, notably, not released as part of a rad super deluxe book like the similar remix of Space Oddity in last year's conversation piece or in 2019's. Um, so maybe that's still happening. It seemed like it was going to still happen. I was really excited about that. Yeah, I just, shove, shove that, that was, in a reissue. Conversation of... piece was, oh man, I loved that. That was one of my, my yeah. favorite Bowie release in I don't know how long. I don't know why they time. just don't throw this into a tasty, you know, man who sold the world. Box I know. Set. You know why? why Honestly, not? conversation piece is probably my favorite Bowie release since Black Star. I think I can say that. Okay. 
Yeah, I'd honestly say I can see why you would. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, But this was not the least interesting release to come out in November, Jake. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, too bad. Unfortunate. Uh, The the least interesting one goes to a single release of a cover of Cosmic Dancer by T-Rex. Yeah. Recorded in 1991 at Mm -hmm. a live show Mm -hmm. between Bowie and Morrissey. Okay. So we got a streaming-only release in November. It's getting a physical release in February, if I remember right. It's atrocious. The recording is <laughs> awful. It never should have been released. Um, notably, this is did not show up, was not promoted in any way by anything officially Bowie. Okay. Like, it's just Morrissey's angle, and I got word of it somehow. Um, I'm guessing, I, my very best guess is that Bowie didn't actually rehearse the song with them ahead of time. I think he just, like, wandered out for he just a... Went out. I, well, I think this is Morrissey was opening for Bowie at the time, I think. No, he was opening. That was later. I don't know. I, I think he just came out for a, you know, an encore. The way people are screaming about him showing up, you'd think it's, it's a surprise thing, I think. And so I'm guessing that uh, Morrissey was already playing the song and that Bowie's like, hey, it's T- hey, it's T-Rex. I knew Mark Bowling. I couldn't sing this song. And then uh, he didn't really remember it that well because it's awful. He just kind of stumbles over it. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Well, that makes uh, it. That actually getting, makes it more interesting to me how awful it is. It's on streaming, so I could listen to it. I already you know, forgot the last thing you talked once. about. So that's November's <laughs> most interesting thing to me. All right. Second part of the Brilliant Live Adventures no. was also released in November. <laughs> it's called No Trendy Ratio Fay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, I it's a line in the song uh, "Strangers When We Meet." I don't remember that line in that song, but I, I think, don't like that song very much, so it's okay. I think Bowie is fast becoming the only artist who is running out of things to call things. Like, <laughs> these names these names are awful, and but it's maybe just because they used all the other good lines for all they the They used all the good ones stuff. already, yep. Yeah, it's like, oh, he said he walked that one time. Oh, yeah, let's call the sea walked. So this was another unreleased live album. A couple of the tracks were B-sides, but the album as a whole never happened. Um it's actually, it's, it's decent, but it's really similar to Oubre Le Chien because it was recorded two months after that. It's on the same tour. <laughs> so, I don't know. You know, this is just a little, like, it's just overkill, you know? You know, yeah. No, you know. no, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that at all. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, like, how can we get more of this, is what I was thinking. So, the image for November would be a cartoon. This is the Metropolis. Metropolis came out with the original cover for the Metropolis. Also, I didn't mention that. What the original cover of Man of Soul of the World was supposed to be, which was like a cartoonish image. So our photo for this, our, our image for the calendar would be a cartoon spiked up Bowie punching Morrissey in the face. Mm, yep. While he's rolling in his grave. Just like bump, 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 bump. December! Oh, wow. I know. The only <laughs> thing that came out in December was the Brilliant Live Adventures box. Oh, the box came out. The box came out in December. This is why my Uber Lichien was was uh, delayed because they waited to ship it with the box. I think six this, weeks, I seven think, weeks, eight weeks. I don't know. I really a think you time. should. I think you should have led with this. This is great. It's a. <laughs> it's the, the most box. interesting thing. This, I know. I, I, this I, box I hate came myself out. for buying it. I bought the box. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I could sell the box right now for probably five times what I paid for really? it. Really? So the box that. is the box is hot, huh? Well, it's so, the box sold out within an hour of them announcing it. The box did. Oh. The album, I think, is still available. 
That one is. No Trinity Ratio phase completely sold out everywhere in every format. But I think over this she had even still got on CD. And then the one anyway, the, the, uh, the one the guy box. the one guy that works at Bowie, you know, Bowie store or whatever. <laughs> like he like checks his emails after a week and he's like, Uh oh. <laughs> the box <laughs> they bought it. The box sold out. <laughs> Uh oh. Uh, they're doing a repressing of the box later in 2021. It's happening. It's been announced. It's going to come out with the, with the, with the sixth release in Brilliant Live Adventures. It's a re- I am really hoping. Of a, it's a reissue of a box. <laughs> Six months after the original version came out. Oh, it's so good. I am really hoping they are ballsy enough to give it a different cover so that everyone yes. has to buy it again. It yes. gets super bad about it. I mean, I won't do that. I don't care about that stuff. But... <laughs> oh, man. To just make it like. Or very, maybe even just, like, change the color of the writing or something. So it's yeah. just this, like, really people are, like, well, collecting urge. Collector urges are really getting, like, really hairy and not sure what to do. I think preferably they wouldn't want to change the picture because that would cost them some amount of time and money. Like, it's yeah. got to be, like, maybe, I don't know what you Yeah, they do. just change just change the color of the, or the writing on the front. Yeah, maybe. Color. Yeah, if you got to reprint it anyway. Yeah, change the color of the writing. Yeah. Do that. All right, so the image for December in the calendar, our final month of the 2020 Bowie calendar. Is a picture of an empty box, but it's dark. But it's dark inside. You think maybe there's something interesting inside, but you're wrong. It's empty. <laughs> and you climb inside the box and you die. <laughs> <laughs> the box hates you. It turns out it's a weird box. Uh, also, the box costs fifteen dollars for the CD, and I don't know, much more for the vinyl. I'm sure. <laughs> Oh man, I think I, know. I think the I Bowie sucked when I did it, but I did it. I think the box should be the third host on this podcast going forward. <laughs> like the box is it's, it's it's right off camera. It's been sitting here the whole time. The box. He's trying to figure out how to take my job. I think the box. <laughs> you box. It won't be hard. We just won't tell you the next time we're recording. <laughs> you, know, you don't know how to record this podcast. You don't know how to record this podcast. You don't know. Well, if Bowie continues at his current pace. Uh, we're, we're gonna have to stop start doing or stop doing you know a year end episode. I'm just doing an episode every month, just talking about what Bowie released that month. So me yeah. and Box will take those on. We'll bring <laughs> you back. To the, we'll bring <laughs> you back for the, for the end of the year episode. It'll be great. It's Bowie versus Boxy here. On. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're in here, Jake. Oh my god. That up. was an odyssey of. I don't even know <laughs> what. Odyssey of idiocy, Jake. Please. I wow. Okay, give us the uh, year urine hair. Spiked up, but yep. still dead. <laughs> spiked up, but still dead. Hey, that should I be the name of his next box set. Spiked up. One and a half. One and a half rating on his year of the year. A one. Okay, because of the spiked, the um, prevalence of the spiked hair throughout. So the, much spiked up. Yep. Yeah, it was a through line. Most of the stuff released was you know ninety five to ninety nine, but then also some other things that weren't for no reason. Great. Well, I just want you to know that I never, ever want you to talk about this again. <laughs> you have well, been talking. Already, you have been talking for three physical releases for Bowie products in January alone. I want three this to be the last conversation the 18th, 18th, 20 we ever have about what just happened. You've been talking for forty minutes. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm sorry. I'm ho- I hope we kept it interesting. I mean, nobody's listening anymore. But if they were, we apologize. <laughs> we're s- we're sorry. Some I'm- people are fast forwarding, trying to find the Dylan segment, but <laughs> it's not coming. They're like just you know jumping forward like two minutes They're at like, a time. Why like- is this podcast four hours long? <laughs> it must be a typo. 
Okay, Charlie, can we uh, can we talk about Bob Dylan now? Is that okay no. with you? Episode's over. Yes. <laughs> no, I just wondered if you missed a month or whatever. Um, maybe you wanna maybe you wanna rehash, like re-explain some of the stuff that you. I have one last thing to say. No. I think this year there should have been three releases. Uh huh. Uvre Lichien, I'm only dancing. Uh huh. And a man who sold the world box set follow up to conversation piece. And if that had happened, Oof. I'd just be like, tasty. I'd be sweet arias on this episode right now. You'd be tasty. That's all I'd be doing. I know, and everyone would have it liked. Would have been great. Everyone would have liked listening to it. You know, yeah. As opposed to now. So yeah. let's uh, let's let's get into some Bob Dylan. So yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I guess, yeah. He's a guy still alive, you know, still alive and kicking. This was like an actually interesting year for. for it Dylan. was. He had a very interesting year. It probably would have been. Slightly more interesting if we didn't have to start with the big, you know, wah-wah that was 2020 in that uh, Bob Dylan, for the first time in 32 years, did not play a concert for his never-ending tour. So, Jake, I ask you this question all the time, and I'm going to mm-hmm. ask it again. So did the never-ending tour end this year? Well, that's, a, that's more complicated than the joke implies because... It didn't end by his volition. It just it's just taking a pause. Like he'll be back next it's a, year. I would say it's on hiatus. It's a it's a hiatus. Never ending tour is on handy. So but, it's not a never hiatus tour, but no. it isn't it is still a never ending tour. Right. It's still never ending. Okay. It hasn't okay. stopped, you know, uh, and hiatus even implies that somebody decided that. Like it just stopped. In fact, he he tried, you know, in that kind of when the summer started, you remember you know, we were on like super lockdown for a while mm-hmm. and everyone's getting tired of it. And then there was some whole When everyone's that... like, it's March, everyone's like, all right, I'll, I'll bump things back to, to June. It'll de- things will definitely exactly. be fine by then. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly yeah. what happened. So he scheduled, he had to cancel, you know, some of his never ending tour, but then he scheduled dates. Like he went and did the whole thing for June and July, um, including a show that was going to be very close to my house at the Gorge Amphitheater that I was going mm. to try to get tickets for. Um, but no, that was just, you know, that was wishful thinking and that's fine. Everybody, everybody had to, had to shut it down this year. So for the, you know, well, Jake, I mean, never ending, you know, it never ending tour, never ending tour, you know, little hiatus taps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but Bob Dylan did other things, including release some things. And, um, he also sat down because he was, uh, feeling saucy. I think the, I think the, I don't know the, the, the quarantine or something like kind of, you know, like a lot of musicians, it kind of made him uh, rethink things, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. he was—he kind of came out guns blazing. He released uh, yeah. a—he released a 17-minute single called "Murder Most Foul," both Bob Dylan's longest song ever, if you can mm-hmm. believe it, but also his first number one Billboard charting hit. I love that. I it's love just it. so good. It makes me I know. so happy. Doesn't it make it? I think it made everyone just happy. Like that's oh yeah. There's nothing that was like wrong a rare with that. Right spot in 2020, we're like, hey, remember that time Bob Dylan released that 17 long song, yeah. and it was his first number one hit. Yeah, and it like was. I mean, I haven't listened to the whole song. I started listening to it one time, oh, but man, I've never listened good. to the whole song. But still, it's so good, and he's and it's just like a perfect. You know, nobody knew they needed that kind of thing this yeah. year, but for whatever reason, it really resonated with people. Yeah, <laughs> 17 minute long, and it's all you know, death and apocalypse, and about the murder of JFK, ostensibly. Um, you know, along with a lot of other word salad that he was able to conjure. But he, you know, he compares himself to the Rolling Stones and like other stuff. Like he really, he really put it out there. It was a, it was a conversation, like a Bob Dylan song in 2020 was a, 
you know, it was something you could talk to people about, which is pretty amazing. No, I, I do have a question for you, Jake. Yeah. Did, uh, did Frank Sinatra make this song popular previously? No, no, Chaz, he did not. Uh, I think that was he had that 17 minute long song he had in his live, his lounge set, I think. No. I think, right? Am I no. wearing that right? No, but you're actually, you're actually, right. okay. you're actually completely wrong about that. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Murder Most Foul, a Bob Dylan original. And I'll thank you not to mention the last uh, four years of Bob Dylan. So this would be, no, was this song on its own enough to be a comeback, or did it take the album afterwards to make it? This song, I think, on its own was a comeback, because it was his first original song in quite some time. Like, he hadn't been, he did exclusive covers since 2015. Okay. You know, and then he likes this. When was his, this was a comeback year for for Dylan, clearly. Yeah. When was his last comeback? How many years has it been since he had a comeback? So I, my argument is that his, my argument is that the first round of Sinatra covers in 2015 was actually a a little bit of a comeback of sorts because mm. he released his last original album was Tempest in 2012, but that was which I, seemed like it might be you know his last. It did. I thought of, I was very know? afraid that was his last good yeah. like old guy record, but I was I was totally wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to argue instead that he never really went away. Like, he needed, he didn't need this comeback. Like, he's Bob Dylan. He, he won the Nobel Prize a couple of years ago. Yeah, you but, think? You, yeah. Come on, triplicate, Jake. Triplicate. But Tor- triplicate wasn't a disaster. It was just annoyance. And he's, and he gets, he gets coverage every time he does a bootleg series. Like, exhaustive, flowery coverage every time he does it. Yeah. And that's been, like, once a year. I'll say I'll, I'll say I'll say that people even me like legitimately were concerned that this was this was it for his original work so in terms yeah. of in terms of like proving everyone that he still had it like yeah this is a this is a big old comeback because he still has it for sure oh baby yeah so that comes out everyone's talking about it for about a week and then a week later or maybe two, uh, he he drops another single, and nobody knows there's an album coming at this point. He drops another single ca- called "I Contain Multitudes," which I'll just mm-hmm. let I'll just let you go ahead and say what our connection is. Well, that was, I was I was gonna wait to see if you were gonna say it. that's the one no, that has uh, where he quotes Bowie, right? Yeah, he quotes the where Bowie he says, song. He said he he uh, mentioned something about all the young dudes. If I yeah, remember right. I have uh, listened to that song. It was a good one. Oh, I can't remember the line. That's terrible. I'm with all the young dudes. I contain multitudes. Oh man, rhymed all the young dudes with "I contain multitudes." Yeah, and there's a there's well a, done. <laughs> I think there's a rhyme before that too. This is the the one where he's talking about like uh, he plays music, he paints nudes, like he's all he's just out there. It's just Bob. It's just Bob. <laughs> he's just finding anything that rhymes with toots. Yeah, <laughs> and he's making it work. Each and every one of them. <laughs> Multitudes can rhyme with a variety of things. <laughs> and he found all of them that were good. I'm cruel uh, in them. And it was kind of a similar song as Murder the Most Foul. Did he rhyme it with lewd at any point? I'm just wondering. Um, I don't think so. Mm. Nudes, though. Yeah. Nudes and multitudes. Yeah. Good rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> he paints That's del- the deleted extra last verse. That'd be the edited, edited version of the song. Uh, he, was, he was undeleted on this album. I'll tell you mm. what. He didn't need that. Um, and it was kind of a, a similar, I Contain Multitudes was kind of a similar feel um, as Murder Mouse Foul, which was this kind of like in-between talking blues, singing, 
kind of ambient background, kind of swelling and pushing of instruments rather than like a, you know, a four on the floor song, you know, rock song mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's not something that he's really done before. And, uh, and so that sounded pretty fresh too. And it was right around that time that he announced the album. And then everyone was like, oh my gosh, Bob Dylan's back. Yeah. You know, All lost our minds. Yep. Every... I always love uh, when there's Bob Dylan news because, uh, you know, me being farther east than you mm-hmm. i get up earlier than you so i get all the news two hours before you do and i can like text you about it i know and i hate it i'm like wait a minute scoop you scoop you almost every single time i'm supposed to read that internet article first because <laughs> because bob Dylan. i texted it to you <laughs> yeah i managed to text you a few bowie things too there was one there, I mean, there was one this year anyway that was a legitimate like scoop yeah. Usually well, you, you send them to me and I'm like, eh, I read that two hours ago, dick. <laughs> or more like it's more, you know, usually it's like two days ago because it came out somewhere that I, whatever. Charlie's like, I wasted my time reading about. Charlie's like, every time I text him, he's like, who dis? Because he doesn't, rec- <laughs> he doesn't recognize the number. Yeah, that's right. Charlie won't put my name in his phone and he doesn't know. <laughs> Jake, I want you to know that uh, you can have like pin conversations to the top of your texts on the iPhone and I have two people pinned. My wife you <laughs> oh no <laughs> you're the two people i text the most often <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know what pins are you know but i i i feel honored i didn't either it's probably you know i just said it's new but it's probably not it's probably been around for years it's probably pins okay, have I been just found it. pins have been around for four hundred four thousand years four thousand years well, i, I discovered it like a month ago <laughs> so he he announces the album which he calls rough and rowdy ways um, that came out in June, and I believe, and I, I, I don't, I don't actually know. I'm just thinking, you know, nobody knows anything from the past year. It all just got messed up. But I don't know that he necessarily was going to release that in June because it seemed like kind of a surprise drop. You know, like mm. this album's coming out in a little bit, and he starts making the rounds. Uh, you know, um, well, probably. I mean, it, it might have been scheduled for later in the year, and then I think, I think this, that's what happened. What they just don't have enough releases, and there's stuff like. So yeah, maybe he's forward to get something else big out there for the record label. And, right. And Bob Dylan, for whatever reason, just he doesn't tour for albums. He's a dummy, I guess. Or <laughs> it's not his <laughs> way. Tours. Like, yeah, he'll, you know, he's routinely throughout his career since he's always touring anyway. You know, the album will just come out like after he gets off of a leg or he'll, you know, he'll stop touring for a minute to record an album or whatever. But uh, this came out in June and it uh, it reached number two in the U.S. and number one in the U.K., <laughs> And it's already gone silver, which I don't know what that is. Five hundred, two hundred fifty thousand. I don't know. I, album, I, feel like, I feel like gold is five hundred thousand. I think so you're right. That would make sense. Yeah, and album sales. I don't know what they mean anymore. I don't. I yeah. have no idea what what content. Well, there's all the uh, the streaming equivalent nonsense, and I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. I. Yeah. We just like to hear. You know. We just like to hear the number. Just give me the number. Number one. Yes. I was yeah, reading an article from uh, Super Deluxe Edition. Ah. Yes. Long ago, where he was complaining about how Wham's uh, Christmas song <laughs> he was mad about went, that went number one in the UK based entirely on <laughs> or almost entirely on streaming. There was no re-release of it of the song whatsoever. It was just based on streaming right. equivalency numbers. It and, went number one, which had never got number one before. It went the highest made it before was number two. <laughs> yeah, and he was outraged because it beat Paul Paul McCartney's single or something. Or Paul McCartney just I don't put know. on another. Anyway, doesn't he mean. likes Wham though clearly, but it's. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. It's a. It's a. It's all. It's, it's a crazy time. It's yep. crazy time. But uh, we got the numbers. Number two, U.S. Number one, U.K. And that ain't oh, bad. Yeah. Way to go, Bob. Uh, he released <clears throat> of much less consequence a digital only compilation of the best of the bootleg series up to this point. No, I didn't, I, didn't, even know that happened. I didn't even look at that. 
I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's it's streaming only, and I have every single bootleg series, so I don't I don't right. know what to say about that. Um, of also of interest, he released, um, and this was a bit of a story for at least a couple weeks, and it it actually got resolved, which is kind of interesting because it usually doesn't. But he's been kind of not not in secret, but like out of the eye of the press, he's been releasing these exhaustive compilations in Europe. Oh yeah of entire years of unreleased material. So, like, mm-hmm. he's been doing it for a while, like, since... Yeah, the copyright the, collections. The first one was, like, 64, I think, 1964? Yeah. Maybe. It was a few years ago. It doesn't come out every year, necessarily. <clears throat> but he's been kind of just, like... I mean, obviously, it's a copyright uh, collection thing. You know, you know the, the deal. Dump, yeah. Yeah, they got to get a 50th anniversary. Because, yeah, they all, like, out. have... It's, like, a run of a 1,000 or something in right. Europe, and nobody right. can get them anywhere, and they go for hundreds of dollars. Exactly, and if you look on Discogs or whatever, you're just, you know, you're inviting pain for yourself to even consider. They're like uh-huh. $1,000, some of them, because they're like oh yeah 13 yep. discs or whatever of just everything he ever did during a year. Um, mm-hmm. But this year, for whatever reason, um, something got done about it, because he did the same thing. It was a 50th anniversary collection, 1970, 1970. Uh, yep. released in Europe. And this, of course, um, features his very suspect in quality... Um, uh, in, if not in spirit, jam session with George Harrison from Mag. Mm-hmm. And ever, you know, well, did you know Dylan played with Harrison and blah 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 blah. But it was it was kind of like his Johnny Cash thing, where yeah, there's a couple of good numbers, but mostly they were just fooling around and somebody happened to be recording it, which is not exactly right. like they didn't go in the studio and cut tracks together. No, they, no one was like, hey, let's record an album together. There was jamming. Just, yeah, just yeah. I wish know. they had recorded an album together. That sounds that would have been cool. That would have been cool, especially in 1970. Um, but anyway, they did they did that, and then um, you know it sold out in three seconds or whatever yep. like it's want to do. Um, but then I don't know what collection of people kind of turned it around, but uh, Columbia, Sony, whoever the conglomerate that owns all this stuff now, um, they announced that they're doing a three CD release of the of the 1970 sessions. Not just the George Harrison, but other things from that year, and they're releasing it in America. And I hey. and I bought a copy. It's coming right, out in at, February. I think at a reasonably priced uh, yeah, you know, three disc. it's like a nice it's little like three disc. Twenty five bucks, twenty five bucks. And it's like not that. an official bootleg series. It's just kind of like a a little treat for us. And so I, yeah. I appreciated hey. that. Hey, nice. Hey. Way to go, guys. Way it's to go. Nice. Real nice. We are yes, real how, nice. how does he decide which ones are bootleg series and which ones aren't? I they did like that. It's a mystery. That, uh, it's a mystery. What was that like 1976 one where there's like a 14-disc library or something? Some huge thing, but it wasn't a bootleg series one. It's, it's the Rolling Thunder review. Yeah, Rolling Thunder review. Yeah. So what, like, why why is that one not a bootleg series? I have you know, no, I have no are. idea. Don't, okay. don't even, I, I have no clue. Yeah, no earthly okay. clue. Yeah. Yeah, the same could be said for the 1966 live recordings. But that right, was, right. I think, I think that was a little bit more of a copyright kind of a thing, but. Yeah, but they just released that everywhere. That was thirty-six CDs, in case anyone's interested. <laughs> it's a brick. You can stop a door. But with it was reasonably priced too. Yeah, I got it for like, like ninety for bucks. 30, I was gonna say ninety bucks for thirty-six discs. That's right. outrageous. And some of it, you know, probably two-thirds is pretty high quality and interesting. So, whatever. I don't know. We'll get on the phone with the fine folks at Columbia Sony. Uh, our, old, Legacy, our old friends. Legacy. Our old friends over there. Yeah, you guys know us. You're listening. Hey. hey. Just got a question for you. Hey, got, hey, let's how get come, on. How come this isn't Billy Series? Hey, buddy. Just wondering. Hey, bu- hey, <laughs> hey, head of distribution at Columbia Legacy. Uh, quick question. Quick question. Quick question. Quick question. <laughs> you know, we took this out of the parking lot, and it's, it's here now, and we need to ask. <laughs> Why isn't this a Billy Series, bro? Hey, bro. Hey, bro. 
Uh, okay, and so uh, Bob did a, uh, besides all of that, um, he did a pretty interesting interview in the New York Times. As you know, he doesn't give lots of interviews. And so um, he, did, he did the full treatment, except that this one was lucid and thoughtful. And maybe not, maybe not, maybe not total BS, you know? So he's not totally back, I guess. Well, I think he's, I think he's eight, finally aging into, I think it's probably tiring to be so impish all the time and, uh, <laughs> and, and lie every, every word you say, or uh-huh. say crazy things. Like he didn't say anything crazy really. Um, but it was interesting. It was a good interview. Um, he talks about the death of little Richard and John Prine from the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some like very thoughtful talk about the apocalypse and what he thinks about it and whether these are the end times, um, that didn't sound totally, you know, crazy. Uh, yeah. so that was, that was cool. And then the best part about it was, um, he mentions Don Henley and Glenn Frey of the, Be- of the, the Beatles, the Eagles in one of his uh-huh. songs. I think it's murders, Mo- murder, most foul. Um, okay. he, he rhymes Frey with way or something like that. Nice. Yeah. Um, and so the, uh, and so the, the interviewer is like, uh, can you name me your, can you, oh, so you like the Eagles. I thought that was an interesting choice to put them in there. Can you, can you name some of your, uh, top songs by the Eagles and, uh, without missing a beat, at least on the page, he named his three favorite Eagles songs, like right away. Right off the top of his head. And one of <laughs> one of them was Life in the Fast Lane. I don't know if you know that song. No. Life in the Fast Lane. Surely make you lose your mind. Life in the Fast Lane. <laughs> I think I know that song. It's a terrible I, song. It's I, horrible. I can't call myself an Eagles fan. No, I, I can't I can't either, except I listen to so much classic rock radio that you, you definitely pick it up. I hate the Eagles. I hate the effing Eagles. Thanks, the dude. Uh, shout out to uh, Peg Medcraft, who told me in high school that the Eagles sucked, and I wasn't quite ready to admit that yet. But she was right; she's totally right, absolutely right. Oh, Peg Medcraft! I know so she's the best. She's, she's the great. best. Um, okay, so he did that, and then he did one more big thing, and I'm gonna—I'll be throwing it back over to you here pretty shortly. Um, it came out; uh, the news came out late in the year, and I think this is an interesting discussion <laughs> uh, about kind of the. I don't know, not the well, the trend, I guess, in in how people are making money off of music. Uh, Bob Dylan sold his entire songwriting catalog oh, yeah. up to this point for four hundred million dollars, almost half a bill. He got yeah. for his songs. I am yep. just like wow. Well, uh, I mean, there's, a, there's been a lot of artists doing this. Like, it's I know. Increasingly, he's the, probably the biggest who's done this. Well, I mean, who could, who, could, large. who could be bigger? There's there's nobody that could make more money off of his entire catalog, probably. Paul McCartney. But, you know, like... Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. He doesn't, he doesn't own it, though, anyway. Didn't Michael Jackson own it at one point? Anyway. Yeah, but it got sold. I think it got sold back to them. or somebody, Okay. Somebody anyway, like... It's been increasingly number because it's. I, I read a little bit about this. It's been seen as like a good investment for super rich people because totally streaming is so stre- is so steady now. Like it's not this. So if if I mean if you were like a young hungry artist, you're making nothing off of streaming. Nothing. But if you're somebody like Bob Dylan who's got just gigantic banks of songs, mm-hmm. like you're making decent bank off of this, and so it's seen as a good investment for like, I don't know, mutual fund type folks, you know. It's big business. And, that, you know, and, if, you're, if you're ready to wait 10 or 20 years, you'll make your money back and just keep going with it. Well, Whereas Dylan's sitting there going like, I'm not going to be alive in 10 or 20 years. Give me $400 million right now. That is a chunk of change. Well, and besides that, there's so much 
there's so much advertising opportunities. Like you're not going to hear, you'll occasionally yeah, yeah. hear a Bob Dylan song on a commercial, but it's only because he himself and Jeff Rosen, his manager said, gave the okay and, and sold uh-huh. it or whatever. But these people are just, you're get ready to hear a lot of Bob Dylan songs. Oh, it'll be everywhere. Commercials. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'll be everywhere. Yeah. Neil Young sold half of his. Um, there was somebody funny. Oh, Stevie Nicks sold hers for like yeah. $300 million. It was like a lot of money. Like more than I yeah, would have expected. Yeah, was one for where her. I was like, I was expect, it was because it was, it wasn't even all of Fleetwood Mac. It was just no, it's just her, like whatever songs she wrote for right. Fleetwood Mac. Which Blondie, I thought Blondie did they? sold theirs. There was another bigger one that read, that recently sold their stuff. I feel like. Well, it makes anyway. me it makes me nostalgic for the days when uh, Bob would you know chase the Nobel Prize team around for that eight hundred thousand dollars. You know, <laughs> that seven million kroner that he he needed so bad. Like that would be like a you know that would be like a penny in his pocket after this. That's crazy. Um, so that was interesting. And um, well, I, I hope I hope Dylan says he couldn't tour. Yeah. I hope he spent most of the year swimming around in a swimming pool full of money. Yeah. Or maybe I do it the most of the year. He didn't get it until the end of the year. Well, whatever. I mean, probably. I hope, he, I hope he's Uncle Scroogeing it right now. <laughs> he has enough. Although you know those taxes on that amount of money. Come on. Sure. Come sure. On. Uh, my my theory about this is that this is just proof that he is going to live forever because. He did not sell the rights to his songs going forward. So he no. he knows he's got another hundred years of songwriting left to kind of bank on. <laughs> That's what I think. You know, he's at least no. he's at, he's probably at the midpoint of his career right now. Um, yeah, but halfway. But yeah, halfway. half a halfway. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe a little bit over. You know, he's about sixty. He's got about sixty years under his belt. I'd say another sixty <laughs> is reasonable. So he'll he'll make it all back. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> and with that, Chaz, I'm going to uh, let us all take a nap while you. Give points for all point of the Bowie up. crap. Points! All right, let's point it up. Yep. I talked about all of these a lot, so we're going to go pretty quick here. Boom. Start with Is It Any Wonder? Reminder, that was the EP of late 90s unreleased stuff. There were some truly exciting tracks in there. A couple of them were previously released, but some long known about, others never even heard of. Um, it was an EP. I'm going to give that one point. One Ooh. pointer. Next up, Changes Now Bowie. This was the uh, BBC Studio stuff. Tasteful but slightly bland collection of re-recorded older tracks, mostly from the early 70s, largely acoustic. A solid listen, but not something to sink your teeth in real deep. Um, I was going to point this one by our live album standards, um, which would be a minus three to three. I'm giving it a one. A one, okay. I'm Only Dancing, one of the more interesting things that came out. Very unique. Boy is in terrible voice in this. And seems confused when speaking, probably from the tom tom drum full of cocaine that he did the morning up. But he didn't know Wager, where he was. Like his voice is in terrible shape. He mm. sounds awful. But he's like he's on pitch still, even though he's got this really awful raspiness to it, which yeah. is not expected from Bowie. No, and he's got a good scene. It's actually got it got better as he got older too. But he's right on. He's got this like great swing and sag- it's great singing and swagger to it. And gets along with his band great, and the, the tracks are really great. Okay. Um, they're actually, this is the third live album from 1974 that were released. Um, it's way different than the other two. It's like completely different leg of the tour. And he's, like I said, he'd recorded half of, uh, or not half, he'd recorded the Gouster. The, the original version of The Young Americans was completely done. He'd end up going back in the studio and changing it, but it was done. So there's several songs that didn't appear on, don't appear on any other live album. That was well worth my time. Um, that's I give that one a two. Okay. And then Brilliant Live Adventures. We had a trouble figuring out how to point this baby because it's a six-part series, four or uh, three of which have been released on streaming. 
Um, two of which have gotten physical releases, but those don't line up. One of them got a physical release on streaming. So four parts have come out in some way. Anyway, the parts that are new, I would have given Uvre Lichian a two. It's a great show, energetic, industrial inspired, but with the jazzy Mike Gerson piano, which you like to call Mick Gerson because he's yeah, so great. That's a Mick. Uh, no Trinity Ratio Faye is a decent show, but it just feels too similar to Uvre Lichian. Um, so that one I would, would have given a one, but we're not counting these right now. Something in the Air is solid, stately, and boring as hell, just like the hour <laughs> job. Um, and another Alice show has been promised from this tour for some reason. Awesome. There were only nine shows in this tour. I just did, and just two of them have already been released, and another one's coming out for some reason. Just do them all, Why man. You have a box over there just waiting to gobble all these bad boys. Well, up. I'm going to buy them all, but dang. Yikes, man. Come on. Come on. Uh, so we're going to point Brilliant Live Adventures twice. We'll point it half of it now and half of <laughs> it in 2021 because uh-huh. I don't know how else to handle this thing. It's one thing together, but also not because some things came out streaming starting in July, uh, whatever. Um, I'm giving it a 1.5 right now. Okay. Kind of an average out of the the things we've seen so far. Liveandwell.com is the other one that's been released on streaming. That one was released years ago. And that's getting a official release uh, next week. Great. It's supposed to come out on the 15th, which is the day this podcast is coming out. I'm going to forget all about it. So, that. look how fast I went on that, Jake. Boom. And I'm Total points for 5.5. 5.5. All right. Well, it's... Well, uh, there was a, it, was, it was in general solid stuff. Yeah. There wasn't bad stuff released except for that worsty single. Uh, it's just... It's decent. There's just a heck of a lot of it. Just so much of it. Okay. All right. Dylan it. All right. We're, uh, we're going to Dylan it up by um, telling you mostly about his album, his studio album that came out. Yeah. In 2020, which is Rough and Rowdy Ways, it uh, as as we discussed, it represents definitely a comeback. It was a bit of a surprise. Um, I think it was a bit of a delight for people, um, yeah. including myself, because I I don't know. I, I, I like I said, I didn't know if he still had it, but he totally still has it. Um, you know, it's oh. rough and rowdy, sure, Chaz. The songs on it are are rough and they're rowdy at times, but it's also very tender and it's very. Uh, you know, it's very nice. He has a couple nice songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, my favorite one of the tender is called uh, I've Made Up My Mind to Give Myself to You, which just sounds like a mm. just a real nice, it's a classy ballad. Mm. Sings it real mm-hmm. nice. Sound, the band sounds great. And then he's finally, finally going to settle down with a backup singer at this point. So. <laughs> I wonder why he was, he did that for like 15 years and then he just stopped. He's an interesting man. He's an interesting guy. Yeah, well, I gotta yeah. say. It just, yeah. yeah, what are you supposed to do? Uh, another nice song is Mother of Muses, um, which is another slower one. Um, not a love song. Um, well, it's kind of a love song to the earth or something like that. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I, find the, I find the album to be a spiritual successor to Tempest uh, from 2012. Um, it hits a lot of the, kind of the same beats in terms of uh, the, the, the song structure and how they sound and the themes as well. Um, but I think it improves on that formula. It's like, it's kind of like Tempest, which I really like. It's one of my top 10, you know, for now until Rough and Rowdy Raves maybe kicks it out of the top 10 spot. Um, Tempest is one of my top 10 Bob Dylan's uh, albums. You're saying, you're saying Rough and Rowdy could make the top 10. Well, I was saying, I I think in a couple years it might. It's really, it's really, really, really good. Um, That's great. It's not perfect, but it's real good. Um, the themes on it are very grim and grotesque at times, um, but they also maintain a playfulness. Like it's, it's pretty funny and, in places um the song my own version of you is him basically like frankensteining a woman together 
Um, you know, and there's like cultural elements that he's throwing in with the woman and, you know, God knows what's going on with that, but it's, it's very, it's very interesting. You know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Um, he's got some late career, super old guy virility, which is one of our favorite Bob Dylan themes from the past 15 wow. years or so, you know, but I think of virile, I think of Bob Dylan, just an 80 year old craggy old man, just talking about doing it, you know, <laughs> who doesn't want that? <laughs> Uh, raise his hand. <laughs> I'm proud of him. Way to go, Bob. You know, who, who else? I can't think of another guy older or musician older that talked. I mean, he doesn't do it all the time. Like this isn't a song about, or an album about sex by any stretch of the imagination, but <laughs> just to hear him talk about that. I, I don't think, I don't think anybody else would be so bold. I can't think of another. No, I'm trying to think of somebody. You know, but, not even like Neil Young. Not He's not a sexy. He doesn't talk sex. Frank Sinatra would have. You think so? I think maybe he was, not. He sex, was too but... into like the 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 kind of chaste love songs. I don't yeah. think he would have been like yeah. I have a boner. Like Bob is like kind of into. It. <laughs> He's kind of. He's kind Did of Dylan good. say that? In no, but there's some there's something about his junk in there for sure. <laughs> like an explicit mm. reference. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, moving on. Um, the, the next thing I'll say about it is that it sounds very uniformly gorgeous, um, as all his albums have since modern times, probably, um, in 2006. Like, they just sound great. It's like this real liquid, kind of reverby sound, but Bob's voice is right there, front and center. It's well recorded. Um, you know, even his Sinatra album sounded great. Like, his band, yeah. you know, his longtime band, I think it's no surprise, but they, like, really prop him up and, and make him sound nice. Um, so I appreciated that. It's got some, uh, it's got some special guest stars on it, which is, you know, since the eighties anyway, Bob doesn't really have guest stars on his albums. Um, one is Blake Mills, who is, um, one of the, uh, indie super producers of the moment. Um, there's Ben Montench, his old, uh, a, a drummer who's played with like the Heartbreakers and a whole bunch of other, he's kind of a legendary drummer, um, from, from back in the day and continuing on. So he's got them on there. He's got Tommy Rhodes, the guitarist. And then he's got a very special guest named Fiona Apple. Fiona? Yeah, I think I heard of her one time. Yeah, Fiona Apple, yeah. who had probably, you know, along with Bob Dylan, or maybe even a, a little bit better year artistically or critically than Bob Dylan. Yeah, well, like, she's, she's got one the, the number one. Al- one of the few albums that, you know, would would have beat his for best album of the year. Definitely. And I and I bought and and I bought that album and it's really it's really cool. Um, she has a great little story here. I'll just read you what um, she gave an interview about what it was like to play. Um, and she said she was sitting around her house with her cat and uh, Blake Mills, who she's worked with before, um, texted her and said, he's got a secret project. I'm working on something. I can't tell anybody about it, but we want you to come in and do something. And I was like, ah, I can't. I'm busy. And he was like, can I call you? So he called me and he goes, okay, it's Bob Dylan. Bob is asking if you will come here and record. And I went, when? And he went, now. And I said, F, which she says the actual word, so loud that I could hear people on the other end of the phone laughing. <laughs> so I got to think, like, I, I, I really love some of Fiona Apple's music, and I really yeah. love, like, what a badass she is and uh, yeah. pretty much everything she stands for. She's yeah. completely awesome. And she said this is probably the only living musician who could call her and make her, you know, kind of give her that 
that sort of nervousness or that feeling. And I guess she was uh-huh. she was super nervous going in there and everything like that. But Bob was nice to her, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, so, well, you know, well, good. The, the list the list of people that could cow Fiona Apple even for a second is probably pretty short. <laughs> I would think so, so. Yes. So that's cool. Um, as I was alluding to before, this is the. And I don't know who who knows what Bob has left in the tank. Like we could all be surprised, <laughs> but this is like the absolute old man record that was promised. Like we've all been waiting since Tempest uh-huh. to be like, we need one more craggy ass Bob Dylan bloody apocalyptic. <laughs> you know the whole nine yards. And this 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 is it in spades. Um, it's vital. It's dirty. It's beautiful. It's apocalyptic. It's bloody. It's funny as hell. It's strangely timely. Like it was a, yeah. a zeitgeist album somehow i don't yeah it was like number four i think on the pitchfork list and top five top five a lot of other places yeah top ten and most lists it's got his you know his typical biblical illusions it's very philosophical um it veers towards actually you know him actually telling something about his life every once in a while which okay you know he couches everything in in uh you know a thick layer of obstification um right but it's like you can act you know Tim talking about dying, for instance, on like Cross the Rubicon. Um, you know, he's gonna die at some point. I know we joke here, but like he's nah. Yeah, I mean I know. I mean after sixty years or so. After another sixty. Yeah. We'll start thinking about it. But you know, <laughs> him talking about that, like that's valuable. It uh, it reminds me of the Bowie album um, from twenty sixteen. Not that I think worrying. <laughs> no, it's not I don't think it's imminent for him because he's been talking about dying in some form since like the late 90s you know yeah time so out of mind had some, had some <laughs> bowie talked about death things. for years too for right too. right i think bob dylan thought you know maybe like bowie did that he was going to die young i don't think that he thought that he was going to make it yeah. as far until whatever maybe his mid mid midlife or something like that um so i just think bob continues to be incredible with the you know with the quality of his work at this age i i was struggling to think of anyone i mean it's it's hard to think of anyone Besides Bob Dylan, that would even qualify for this because he's been—he's uh, still alive, but he's been around as long as any rocker, you know, more right. or less. So, right, there's only a few of you. Could, I mean, yeah, I mean, how those could things you, where you look like, well, Bowie's dad—he would have been a contender for but, sure. You know, for sure, Neil Young continues to like put Neil out. Neil Young is up there. Yeah, he puts out good work. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's. I mean, Neil Young is held in extremely high regard, and he's still a, mm-hmm. a good songwriter. But he's—he's he's mm-hmm. kind of—he's kind of totally different. Um, but Bob Dylan might be arguably, arguably like improving his songwriting as he gets older, at least in this vein that he's in. Yeah. Um, so you would be tempted to compare, you know, just on qu- uh, quality of songwriting alone, you know, comparing him to m- himself is pretty much the only person <laughs> you could, uh-huh. that you could think of, um, since uh-huh. he's been really... in, in, in his age bracket. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. There's still plenty of guys in their 60s doing all right, but... Yeah, or, you know, maybe Paul McCartney, I guess, although I think Paul's... Yeah, He's so goofy. He's just not... He's not on the same level. I think his new one is supposed to be decent, but he's not real consistent. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't feel qualified to talk about Paul. Maybe John Lennon, if he had lived as a, you know, as kind of a truth teller in his songs, could have maybe approached it. Um, So, anyway... Um, I was thinking maybe Le- Leonard Cohen before he died, he was still he was still kicking out. Yeah, but then, like, it's like I can't come up with anybody who's living who is of the same vintage, right. you know. Well, mostly when people start talking like this, they're about to die, which we <laughs> which we discuss. But uh, which, know, with the, both Bowie and Leonard Cohen did, so, yeah, you know. for sure. Oh, Paul Simon still turns out a good tune every once in a while, you know. Yeah, he hasn't released an album in years. 
Yeah, Tom he, Waits. Tom Waits hasn't released an album in years. No, he's he only, hasn't. Unfortunately, I could take a Tom. I was coming with Elvis Costello released a good album this year. But That's he's, true. He's significantly younger. That's true. That's true. He's so, like fifteen younger. My only, uh, my only complaint with the album whatsoever, um, and with and with Bob, this is a pretty light complaint. Is he puts uh, he has this penchant sense. It might even be time out of mind, uh, of putting of putting like at least one, if not two slow 12 bar blue blues rockers and just spitting 12 bar blues, uh, you know, lyrics over it uh-huh. for like six, seven, eight minutes, just indulging yeah. himself like that over and over and over again. And although his lyrics can be clearly very interesting within that framework, um, I just find that a little bit stultifying when he does that. I don't, you know, he's clearly a good enough original songwriter. He doesn't have to like 12 bar blues it twice every single album, <laughs> but he did that with false. And if he wants to though, Jake. Yeah. Well, he'll do whatever he wants and that's fine. Uh, you know, with false, one of the songs is false prophet, um, which was a single. Um, and then I think the, let's see. Oh, the, the expendable one is number eight, which is crossing the Rubicon. That's just a straight up 12 bar blues and it goes on too long. So I would get rid of that. Um, but other than that, uh, it was 68 minutes, including uh, Murder Most Foul, which made its way onto mm-hmm. the second disc somehow. It's a two-CD set. One disc is just Murder <laughs> Most Foul, even though they had, plenty, they had plenty of room on the first disc. Um, but whatever. I don't begrudge him anything. I don't know if we want to talk about, because we have exhaustively talked about it on this podcast, uh, the typography and on the album cover. Well, I was going to bring up my favorite part of the entire thing, yeah. which is the cover. It's just brilliant. It's just garbage. <laughs> I like the picture. As I talked about, clearly he's got an intern yeah. who is kind of interested in like Photoshop <laughs> and InDesign. Uh, they're like, "Hey, hey, kid, we need to do Bowie. We need to do Dylan artwork. Hey, come on uh, over here. It's got to be done this afternoon." <laughs> uh, so if you could study, um, the, the kid's if, like, "Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it." If you could study the font for like '90s candy bars, that'd be great. <laughs> Let's go with that. It's like a pow zing kind of a thing. It's just Put a little like glow around it or something. You know, it's so bad. It's just oh, it has like um, you know, like in the old versions of Word, you could. I, I know you can still do this, but it this looks like an old Word version. Art. Yeah, you do it like, like Word, Word art where you put like the little shadow behind it, and it's like oh, ooh, yeah. you know, my my PowerPoint uh, presentation is gonna pop with this. <laughs> it's on there, but then on the back, it's got a picture of JFK, which is very poignant, and then yep. it has this really cool. Like, there will be blood yeah, font like for murder font, most fall. Yeah, and it's, like, really ominous. And then on the front, it's like, yay! <laughs> Rough and ready ways! <laughs> Rough and ready ways! Like, 50s June box picture, yeah. So there's one superfluous song, and there's the worst font ever, ever, uh, on the front. But I can't, I can't hold that against the music. I give this out of a possible uh, plus five to negative five scale. I give this a plus four right now. Solid. I that's love like this good. Song. Yeah, that's I wow. Yep, I, yep. I cranked it today. I put it on today, and I was like, "Gosh, I enjoy this." I especially, I think my favorite song um, is probably "I Contain Multitudes." That's a that's a banger. That's a real winner. Yeah. Solid. All right. Reference he had always, um, so, you know. exactly, uh, and he had the uh, he had the never ending tour, which he didn't have, so he gets zero points for that. Um, he did have three 
I never knew what to do with these anniversary collections, the 50-year anniversary collections. I never gave them points no, before. No, because no, they're not a wide release. It's and and it's, it's being released next year, so I'll just... Yeah, that one you to save for next year. Yeah, all right, that's fine. But then you had three singles, and I want to talk to, with you about Murder Most Foul. I don't know if it can qualify as a plus two yet, but it was like it was like a zeitgeist single. Yeah, I think you need more time. A little more time. Two. All right. Yeah. So we'll put that as a one. I don't think anything would be a plus two that quickly. All right. All right. Well, you know, a, a girl can dream. Um, <laughs> I contain. So I give that a plus one. Obviously, I contain multitudes, which I just said is probably my favorite song on the album, is a plus one as well. That was a single, and they had one more single, uh, "False Prophet." which is one of the 12 Bar Blues songs. And I just think it was the wrong single. It's fine. It's good. And it's number two on it's number two track on the album. So you're not sick of it yet. But I think he should have put um, Goodbye Jimmy Reed on there, which the song Goodbye Jimmy Reed uh, gained some press because Jimmy Reed was like a guitarist and a blues guy from the 30s. Um, and so for whatever reason, you know, Bob Dylan writing a song about somebody like that generated some interest. Mm. So that should have been the one. But I still think False Prophet is a good song. Um, it's rough and rowdy, so I give it a plus point. Oh, it's rough and rowdy. It's rough and rowdy. Yeah, not just rough. Not it's, just rough. I mean, it's clearly rowdy. And not and not just rowdy. It's rough and rowdy, <laughs> and it has a way about it. It's kind of like it has a rough and rowdy way to it. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I give that a plus point five, and Chaz. I mean, I just barely managed it, but I managed to beat you out this year. 6.5 on the string. I thought this was in the bag by, like, July. I'm I know. Like, well, there's no way Bob Dylan could release enough stuff to, to come anywhere close to it. I know. Him. And if the album wasn't very good, it would have been, you would have been there in a walkover. But I, Bob Dylan pulls it out. And I think he, I think he deserves it. Good year, Bob. Good year. Good one. Good one, Bob. Yeah. Nice job, Bobby. Hey, Bob. Real nice. So this is the portion of the episode where we would tell you what we were doing next time, but we will but not. Instead, let's have shamelessly a next time. plug. Let's shamelessly <laughs> plug uh, louder than sound one last time. Yeah, let's do it. Most recent episode was Arthur Russell. Next episode is Amy Mann. It's coming out. Well, actually, no. Amy Mann's coming out the same day as this. This episode is coming out. Okay, is that right? Yeah. Cool. Next up would be Bridget Bardot and Serge Gainsbourg, ah. followed up by Frank Sinatra mm. with a guest star who is an opera singer. That's right. So he doesn't do any opera singing on the episode. No, but he talks very eloquently about Frank Sinatra. He does. So. He does. He like compares him to was it Wagner? I can't remember which who he compares it to. I don't know. <laughs> it's good. It was good. It was good. It was a good, good episode. Good episode. And uh, for all of us here at Boy vs. Dylan, we'll see you sometime. You know, in yeah. a year or less. Yeah, who knows? Something could happen. I mean, anything could happen, as the last year has shown us. Yeah. So for all of us here at Boy vs. Dylan. Every Every Friday for the half-hour episodes of Louder Than Sound. That's right. Or wait an entire year to listen to us again on Boy Vers Dylan. It's up to you. I mean, it's your choice. It's your choice, really. How much it's of us choice. do you want? The answer? A lot. Too much or not enough? Your choice. Your choice. Tons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>